Folks, in our youth, when our careers were growing and expenses were high, we needed to get the most from our savings and the money we invested in the market. As we age, we need a safer strategy, one that can protect against market loss. We need to keep our hard-earned principles safe while allowing growth to provide us with reliable retirement income. Therefore, to learn about reliable retirement income, I highly recommend Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer. Welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. Hey, I'm Eric Fallaby. Talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Look, more importantly, the future of retirement. Look, a lot of you today are thinking that, uh, you know, you want to retire. Whatever that looks like, you want to retire at a particular date. When we are, are planning our retirement, it's not just an event, right? If you look historically, even today... People in the United States spend more money on a Saturday than, than they do on any other day of the week. You know that? Saturday is the most amount of money spent in retail. Not online, but in retail. Now, if that's the case, understand that for most folks, when you retire, it's a lifetime of Saturdays. That means you get to that place in time. You're going to be spending more money than you ever thought possible, especially if you're bored. Especially if there's something missing. A lot of people buy things uh, that they don't need, specifically to feel better, right? There's a feeling that comes when you buy things. I'll tell you a story about a, a friend of mine. His wife uh, constantly bought purses. That was her thing. Now, they weren't real expensive purses, you know, at the different uh, stores, $20, $50, I think, you know, right in that price range. So, but she had enough. And one day the husband said, you know, enough with the purses. You have so many of them. You don't need any more. Now, some of you ladies are saying uh, those words should not be in the same sentence. Like for me, that might be with, uh, you know, shoes or, or other toys that we all collect. But, but in this case, he said, uh, you don't need any more purses. So she would buy the purses, get a high, right? There's an emotional high that comes, then hide them in the back of the closet. Now there's a, a sense of shame that comes with that. And then when there were plenty of purses together uh, to, to, to be uh, uh, had, she would take them to the woman's either domestic violence shelter or the homeless shelter or, or Salvation Army, and she would donate them. There's a second emotional high, right? Doing good, you're feeling like an, uh, an amazing person. But you understand that cycle, right? We're trying to fill something that, that can never be filled with an inanimate object. Now, you have to look at yourself and say, you know, where am I getting that fulfilling part of my life from? Is it coming from things? Is it coming from stuff? Is it coming from money? Now, although that's a separate issue, it is something I want you to address, but consider this for a minute. You have to get to the place in life where money is a tool. You're using it not to become better, stronger, faster, but to make the things in your life better, stronger, faster, right? It doesn't make you different. There's some great people I know that are broke. There's some great people I know that are very wealthy, listen, you can always, uh, life is a little bit easier and sometimes a lot easier the more money you have, no question. But it also brings a lot more challenges. So understand that you've got to deal with yourself first. Now, why am I spending a few minutes on this on the Total Financial Hour? Uh, That's a financial show. Why am I spending? Because that impacts the way you spend money in retirement. It impacts the way and who you are. And when you're focused on those things in life, it means you have to go back to work. If you're overspending money in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, then your 70s, 80s, and 90s are not going to be any different. You might buy different things, but your habits have built you into spending more money than you make. See, wealthy people are wealthy not because they're lucky, not because they have three arms, not because they have 27 hours in a day. It's simple. They're wealthy because they have better financial habits. They understood and worked hard in a field in which it paid money. Some of you, like I was one, I said, look, my dad works so hard. Why isn't he making as much money as the guy across the street who seems to be home at 3 o'clock every day? My dad doesn't come home until after dark. My dad works hard. What's the difference? 
So I want you to understand it's not about working hard. It's not about being a better human being. I think my mom and dad are amazing people. But it's about something very simple. It's about understanding how money works. It's about creating habits. You want to talk about that and some of the other subjects we're going to talk about today, which is what's called income laddering. How do you make sure that your income grows with you in retirement? How can you retire on less money than you ever thought possible? There is a way to do it. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. End at the 7. Don't keep going, especially on your cell phone. 888-997-3847. And that'll get you right here in in the office. And listen, 888-99-RETIRE also works during the week. Gives us a call at the office. So 888-99-RETIRE. Okay. Here are some of the things I want you to think about. When you are income laddering, when you are structuring your income for retirement, you have to look at everything in a bucket. Now, what does that mean? It means you sit with all of your possible income streams. So social security, a pension, rental property, uh, different sources of income, maybe Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, his, hers. Okay, those are all sources of income. Even for some of you folks, a uh, um, uh, you know reverse mortgage. They're not always the best thing for everybody, but it can be a, a tool. It can be one, right? You wouldn't always use the hedge trimmers in your house. You could do other things with them. You could probably dig a hole with them, but the hedge trimmers are designed to do one thing. So a reverse mortgage, if it's used properly in the right place, can be used perfectly uh, well to fill a need. <clears throat> not, not to give you just massive amounts of money so they come in the front door and it goes out the back door. Let me give you some statistics here. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by us, Total Financial Solutions. I think you need to know some of these statistics. 65-year-old male. The average lifespan today of a 65-year-old man, if you reach age 65, you are expected to live till age 83. That's the average. That means some of you will live more and some of you will live less. But do you realize that a female is expected to live two and a half years longer, about. That means at least two and a half years longer. Now, there's a lot of subcategories to this. If you're married, you happen to live longer than if you're single. I know some of you are laughing. (laughs) You're like, really? Yeah, yeah, it is. One out of 10 Americans today that are 65 years old will live past the age of 95. One out of 10, go to a senior center and ask those people, hey, did you plan on living to age 65? And they will tell you back in the day that their grandparents lived to 71, which they thought were old. They thought their parents were going to, you know, who passed away at 74. Well, wow, they lived longer than grandma. A lot of people don't realize today when they do these life expectancies, there isn't even enough data to calculate a human being born today how long they will live. Statistically speaking, it's all over the map, depending on who you listen to. But a lot of studies are saying that these folks born today are going to live till age 100 easily. Easily. Today, what is the story? Seven careers. Seven different jobs in your life with two completely different fields of work. Right? You're looking at one. Los Angeles police officer, 10 years, seven months, and three days. I wasn't counting, but. And because I had gotten taken advantage of, really, I got, I got taken, folks, not just in one scam, but in three. And I said, oh, my gosh, how am I supposed to financially plan for my future when the people that I trusted that I thought were, were supposed to be handling my finances, in fact, ripped me off? Right? At 25 years old, I had about 150 thousand dollars saved. I was the smartest guy I knew. That's the first problem. Second problem at 26, I didn't listen to my wife. Listen, a lot of you guys, I hear the, I know the challenges, but let me tell you, my wife was, is about a year and a half younger than me. She was about 23 or so. I'm 25. And I said, oh honey, we're going to invest in this particular thing. She says, oh, you know what? I don't like that guy. I said, oh yeah, 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 I know. But, but you don't understand. Look who I am. You know, I'm look at I've created a financial uh, you know lifestyle. We don't have children. We have this. We have that. She says, "Yeah, but there's just something about that person I don't like." And I said, "Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I I think we'll still do it." She said, "All right." We did, and that son of a gun took our money. 
Now, I share that with you because some of you have that gut instinct. Follow your gut. If you think something's wrong, there probably is something wrong. And if you think something's wrong a little, check it out. There's ways today to do it. Here's a great example. This week, a client came in, $59,000 in their account. You can say that's a lot of money or a little money. I can tell you it's their, they had multiple accounts. This was one of their accounts. It was their life savings, particular account. And she said, Eric, we have 200 here. We have 150. We have other monies. But this particular account I had saved from when I was a, when I was a young person. She said, I opened this account nine years ago. $59,000 today. Nine years ago, it was about 45000 is when they opened it. We looked at the fees. You guys, trust your gut. If something is wrong, if it looks like a shell game, like they're moving things coming and going, that particular account, $59,000, $40,000 is what they started with. And what do you have all together in fees? Oh, it's only a small amount. $18,000. $18,000 in fees and about $19,000 in growth. You can't expect that some of these accounts that you know are crooked, listen, you trust your gut. I had to go back to my wife after eight, eight months later after that particular scam, and that was, the, as they say, the proverbial uh, straw that broke the camel's back. And I, and I was 26, 27 years old. I said, you know, honey, this doesn't work. I went back to school. I said, I've got to be a financial genius on this stuff because uh, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. And that was 21 years ago. 21 years ago, June. So I guess coming up on 21 and a half years ago uh, this week. 21 and a half years ago, I became a, a professional, financial professional, so that I could figure out why I got taken and why my friends and family weren't, weren't having success. You know, part of what was, what was a challenge is understanding how income works. When people retire, you don't have to take all of the money from all of the accounts. There's some laws, there's some rules you have to follow if they're retirement, IRAs, 401ks, when you hit age 70 and a half, but that's another tool. You take from those accounts what you're required and you can take other monies and save it. I want to give you a couple of examples here. Here's another, uh, another statistic that might blow your mind here because it does for me. For most people in 2016, okay, this is the last year we have the, the numbers for, in 2016, there was $117 billion, specifically, it was a record number, set into accounts and annuities, fixed annuities and fixed indexed annuities. Not variable. Variable annuities, in my opinion, are, are one step above, uh, I don't know, crooked. You can always take a look at the IRS top scams. People feel like they're getting ripped off. Variable annuities often come in there. Nearly, well, I should say, so far, 100% out of the thousands of people that have come to my office, 100% of them, have yet to understand the amount of fees and the risk that's associated with their account. In fact, I've never really found a financial professional that understood it, right? Oh, you have $35 a year. And listen, here's a, you want to trust your gut on something? When the financial professional will tell you, it's $45 a year, and you get a guarantee of 7% interest. 6%, 7 8 whatever they tell you, it's all the same. You have to look at your, your gut and go, okay, now listen, if that's the case, here's the problem. I need you to look in the mirror and say, if I'm paying $35 a year for a 7% guarantee, how does the rest of the world work? Do you have a secret? Do you have this financial product? Are you, are you uh, friends with this relation and relationship with this financial guru who can get you 6 7 8% return? Folks, it is not true. I know, Eric, but you don't understand. Not true. Your fees are going to be 3 4%. 5.3 was one week, uh, two weeks ago. 5.3%. How do you... How do you take out five? Listen, forget the, the percentages. You don't spend that at the grocery store. Ask your broker to put it in monthly, right? Your, your electric bill comes in monthly, your car insurance monthly, your, your rent, your mortgage, your property taxes. Those things come, generally speaking, monthly. So 
there should be no question with your financial professional. Ask them, what are my monthly fees? And they'll say, well, you, these are charged quarterly. These are charged annual. Great. Uh, I'm a simpleton, Mr. Mr. Smith. Can you just do the math, divide by 12, and tell me what it is per month? I know it's an estimate because it changes. The, right When they assess the fees, the, the account value could be a little higher or lower. I get it. We're, nobody wants to, to be exact on this because you know things change. Tell me what my fees are per month. Another account we changed this week, Prudential. Right. In fact, I think we spoke about it a couple weeks ago. $1,100 a month in fees. How is it that they either the financial professionals don't know so they or they hide it from you, right? I, I don't know. Is it something you just forget? Maybe. Maybe that's the thing that happens. I think for most people, we need to understand that we have to have income. I get it. But you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to buy these income riders. All of the companies in the world are doing the best they can because they understand something. There are some that will give them to you for free. I like those. Give it to me for free. If they have to raise the rate, right? They, they have a little provision in there that says, I can raise the rates or raise it from zero to 2%. Fine, we just cancel it. Unless you like it, keep it. But you have the option to cancel it. Let's get the free ones. Let's get the ones that don't cost anything. But there will be a trade-off, folks. Are you ready? You're going to earn between 0 and about 12%. That's it. 0 to 10, 0 to 12 per year. Maybe this year we got a little bit more in some accounts, 14s and 15s. But if you think the average rate of return is 3 to 6, 4 to 8, somewhere in that world, great. If it works for you, wonderful. As long as the math works. I don't want you to be thinking that you are are going to get 20s and 30s percent returns. If you want that return, stay in the stock market. And if you want to play with that, if you're 60 years old and you're, you're healthy and you have good genetic genes and you want to keep a, a third of your money in the stock market, do it. Get the lowest cost possible. Get the, the less, least amount of you know buy, sell, buy, sell so there's no taxable hits. Put it in there and, and leave it for the long run. Great. 20, 30 years, fine. But if you need income in the next five to 10 years or now, then we got to start income laddering. What does that mean? Think of three different accounts now to five years, five years to 10 years, and 10 years for the rest of your life. We can get some predictability in there. Some of the trade-offs might be, you may not keep up with the, with the six, eight, 10% inflation. If we have out of control inflation, then you may not keep up with it. That, that's only going to be if we have another uh, team of Jimmy Carter and, and his group. You understand Jimmy Carter was an amazing man, great guy, man of God, good faith, probably never said a bad word about anybody in his life. Lousy president. I wish we didn't have to choose. I had a conversation with our pastor this week. I wish we didn't have to choose, right? Do you want a man who, who says bad words now and again, or maybe every day, and who, who is crass and a bit uncouth, but does great things in, in for America and, and believes the United States and protects Christianity and the values that we hold, even though he is a flawed human being, no question, all of us are. We have to choose. I mean, I, I don't make those, I, I don't give you those options as if I'm the one, right? You have to, you want a man of God, a strong human being, and 18% car loans? Out of control inflation? Jobless at double digits nearly for the African-American community back then. Triple digits in some cases, right? Go to towns. You had entire communities. 100% were unemployed. Go back at the same time when you look at President Carter's administration and look at what he said about African-Americans 10 years before he was elected, five years before he was elected. I don't know what's in his heart. He said bad things. And some of you are running around and, look, do I want you to make money in the stock market? All day long, put money there, make money, great. W when is enough? I don't know. You decide. Remember the old adage, buy low, sell high? <laughs> Love it. Buy low, sell high. Does your broker ever give you a call and say, hey, listen, we're pretty high right. In fact, we are at all-time highs. I think you should sell. They don't do that. Why? Because they get paid on money that you have at risk. I don't think they're bad people. That's their job. 
It's like, can you believe I went through a car wash and my car got cleaned? Yes, that's the job of the car wash. I gave my money to the broker and the broker charged me a fee. And yes, that's their job. Their job is to keep your money. It's not to necessarily make you money. If it was, they would never charge you a fee if they lost your money. And some of these guys out there, listen, I get the radio shows, uh, commercials, I should say, and, and TV commercials, and they say, I would never sell you an annuity if my life depended on it. They're talking about variable annuities. And I agree, a variable annuity is bad. It's the, it's the lie of omission. It's not what I would do. <clears throat> you like it, keep it. But he's telling you variable annuities are bad. Fine, I agree with him. Stay away from the high fees where you get all the risk and all the fees. If you are at all-time highs in the market and you have a, a variable annuity and there is a death benefit, which most, if not all of them, have, there's a death benefit. That, may, that means that if you die, your family gets the higher number, but it's already at all-time highs. You already get the higher number, but you're paying life insurance. That's what it is, right? If, if your account is 200000 and it drops to a hundred, your family gets 200000 That extra $100,000 you're paying for each and every year. But if your account value is the same as the death benefit value, that means you do not have any life insurance because you are self-insured. But guess what? You are paying for it. So when you are using income laddering, when you are using different financial products to give you a series of income later on, don't pay fees for accounts that give you zero benefit. If you pass away for your family, for the surviving spouse, because it's for her or his income, and don't look at fees as if they just apply everywhere. doesn't happen. But there are trade-offs. A fixed annuity gives you like a CD. It's a fixed interest rate. But if you have money that you like, sold a house and you just have money and you put it in a CD, while you are earning interest in that CD, whether you take the money out or not, it's subject to paying income tax. If it's in a fixed annuity, no income tax. If you pull the money out early in a fixed indexed annuity or a fixed annuity, meaning before age 59 and a half, you could pay a 10% IRS penalty. That's the difference, right? You want to pay tax now or you want to pay tax later? How about earning interest on the tax? That's, that's part of it. Listen, always check with your CPA. Our firm does one thing. We sit down with you and we have your CPA on the phone or we meet with them if they're close by or we'll do a Skype. We're guided by their advice when it comes to the tax world. Our advice is the financial world, right? Together you should have a team. Simple enough. What is income laddering? Simple enough, it's where different series of income uh, vehicles, uh, financial vehicles, generate income on a monthly basis. So think of it like this. You'll have one account that is the five-year account today and five years today. Eventually, those dollars are going to go down to zero. You're going to be, have a certain dollar figure, drops to zero, you're done. But meanwhile, the last five years, you had another account that continues to grow for five years. And you had another account that we put in at the same time that grows for 10 years. Now, if you're married, you've got to think about Social Security as a possibility. So when should you take it? Look, everybody has advice on it. Everybody has a decision when you should take it. Should you take his or hers? I'm going to keep it very simple because that's a, a goal of ours. When it comes to Social Security, often there'll be one spouse who's higher amount than the other, right? One might be $3,000, $2,800 a month, and one might be $1,400 a month. But on her own, it might be 900 Fine. If you can afford to turn hers on at 62, she will get her account. Do not turn yours on. You used to be able to turn it on, set it, and then come back later. You can't do that now. So you turn hers on and you let yours continue to simmer because it grows at 8% per year. That's pretty exciting. An 8% guaranteed income, regardless of what's happened, that's pretty good. You'll get to age 70, then you turn on yours. So why do I say that? Because when one of you pass away, you lose the lower of the two. That means you only get the higher one. Now, if he turns his on at age 62, and it's not 2800 a month, but it's 2000 
that's a big chunk of money that's lost. So keep in mind that Social Security can be used as part of an income ladder. So can a pension. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about how to use financial products. We'll talk about bonds a little bit. We'll talk about fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. How do you use those? Even the stock market for some of you, you still want some of that risk? No problem. There is a place for that. But it's the longer term account. It's the one you're not going to touch for a very long time. Because when the market drops, not if, but when it drops, we need to have time to make that money back. So that's what the market risk account is all about. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. Reach out to us at 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. We'll be back in just a minute. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, welcome back to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Halley. Thanks for staying with us this hour of the program. We're talking about your family's finances. Give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. Hey, listen, a, a lot of you are trying to think about, uh, you know, what, what account do I turn on first? You know, I, I try to make it clear. Listen, uh, I don't support somebody who says bad words. Uh, you know, you're president. You're supposed to be presidential. But we weren't given that choice, right? We weren't given the option that says, oh, you know, hey, pick, uh, you know, Mother Teresa or you know, Charles Manson. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We weren't. We we're given the choice of flawed human beings. So take a deep breath and relax a little bit. He's going to say, that, that this is it. We got three more years of this. I hope another four afterwards because policies are changing, changing the world. So I want you to keep in mind, good, bad, or indifferent, you're still going to plan on retiring someday, I hope. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, with the pay increases and some of the changes in financial in the, in the markets and in your financial status, maybe you can retire earlier. Isn't that amazing? So what are some of the vehicles? What are some of the financial vehicles that we use to retire a little bit earlier? What, what do they call? Okay, so we talked about a fixed annuity. There's something called a single premium immediate annuity. What is it? Simple enough. It's where you give a chunk of money to the insurance company and then the insurance company gives you a payment. And the payment stream is usually for a guarantee of five years or 10 years, something like that. <clears throat> so let's say they're, they're going to guarantee five years of payments, maybe 100% of his five years. You're not going to receive that much of an interest rate. Basically, they're going to give you your money back with a slight interest rate increase. So the risk is almost nothing for them. And for you, it's just giving you your money back. So you can do it by yourself. In other words, if you have $100,000 divided by 60 payments, take out that month, that month, uh, much money each month, put it in your bank account, you're good. So the other option with that is for you to say, how am I going to take a financial tool and let's say you're going to spread that out for 10 years. Well, now you're starting to talk real money. Why? Because now you're going to get a little higher interest rate. And you have that spread of time where even though for the next five years you have a chunk of money coming from a single premium immediate annuity, if you pass away in three years or seven years, your beneficiary continues to receive that payment for the next period of time up to 10 years. And it's predictable. So make sure you're working with an insurance company that's at least an A-rated company. You know, a lot of you say, well, Eric, I don't want to work with an insurance company. Okay, fine. Listen, but you trust your house with an insurance company. You trust your life with an insurance company. You trust your car. I mean, really? You understand you trust your financial well-being and your, your spouse's well-being to an insurance company already. Back about 100 years ago when the United States government financially collapsed, right? The financial collapse in the early 1900s. When that took place, we said, that's enough. No more Bank of the United States. Because we had the first iteration of the Bank of the United States with, with Alexander Hamilton. That collapsed. We had a second Bank of the United States. That collapsed. 
if you guys remember, you know, your history classes, there were Virginia dollars, there were North Carolina dollars, and you would go to the border, if you would, and, and you'd go to an exchange person, they would always take advantage of you. You'd go to an exchange, a money, a money changer, you'd change the currency from one to another. And the United States had, had United States dollars, but they weren't very powerful. People laughed at it. It didn't have any strength. Each state had the power. Each state, if you were a Virginia, and Virginia was strong with tobacco and, and with uh, mining, and it was a strong, well, then its dollar, its, its currency was better than the U.S. dollar. So about 100 years ago, 120 years ago, when the collapse of the U.S. economy came again, most of you didn't feel it because most of you, eh, you were farmers. Most of you worked in a factory. Okay, maybe you felt it a little bit. But most people didn't care because I gave you a sack of potatoes and you gave me a chicken. I mowed your lawn, you cut my hair. Maybe that makes more sense to you in today's world, right? It's bartering. And the bartering system didn't collapse. But when the, when the financial system collapsed, it affected the very wealthy. So this thing called the Federal Reserve came about. And they said, we're going to put money into the U.S. economy and take money out of the U.S. economy. And we're going to do it by way of banks and insurance companies. Those two entities came together and said, we're going to do it with the loans and we're going to put it in the economy. We're going to take it out of the economy. And in this short little history lesson, as I'm giving you this idea, insurance companies work differently. Banks, here's a good example. They use CDs, savings accounts, checking accounts. That's how they put money in or take money out of the U.S. economy, right? You deposit it, they take it. They put money into the U.S. economy with loans. Okay, simple. Insurance companies take money out of the U.S. economy, meaning you deposit it, you give it to them in the form of annuities. There's the different ones. Single premium immediate annuities, they have a a purpose. But there's fixed, fixed indexed, and variable annuities today. They They didn't exist back then, but today they do. How does an insurance company put money back into the U.S. economy? Simple. They do it through death benefit and life insurance. Your farm was flooded out. They give you insurance payments to pay back your farm. Your car was in an accident. They give you money chunks, right? How do you pay $200 a month for auto insurance? And then when your car crashes, they give you $60,000 for a new car, right? The math doesn't work unless they collect the 200 from a lot of people. It's the same thing, okay? We had a, a gentleman pass away. His life insurance uh, payments, I want to say, were, were just under $100. I think it was $96 a month. And his wife received, he was in his 40s, he died at 49, his wife received $1 million. That's a huge difference. Tax-free. Life insurance policies, tax-free. Loans from banks, tax-free. Loans from banks you have to pay back. Insurance policies from uh, an insurance company, no taxes. You understand who makes the rules here, rich or poor people? I mean, just a guess. I'll give you, if I had a Jeopardy song, I'd be playing it, but I'm just going to give you a guess. I'm going to answer it for you. I'm going to say probably rich people. And if you understand rich people make the rules, they make the rules to benefit themselves and their friends. They always have, right? Napoleon, his friends and family, they did great. Great. Thank you. Fidel Castro, no difference. The big villas on the beaches in Havana didn't just disappear. Fidel Castro put his generals and his family and his friends in them. Stole it from other people. Rich people like Cleopatra, she made the rules, benefited herself and her friends and family on the Nile. When the United States government was created, there is no difference. Rich people made the rules. Except this one little line that says, by the way, the rules apply to everyone. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. When the rules apply to everyone, you understand financially speaking, they don't have to tell you what the rules are. So what you would do Simple, right? You would save up your money if you were a reasonably successful middle-class farmer. Save up your money. Put it all together and take one person, usually your oldest son, your oldest boy, you'd say, go find knowledge. And you'd send him off. Go. And you'd check your watch and three, four, five years later, that, that young man would return and say, let me tell you what I found out. Let me tell you the knowledge. And if you've listened to the show long enough, You've heard me tell this story a little bit, but today knowledge is not found back at the universities. It used to be. Why do you think there's this huge turmoil, massive turmoil in education? They're trying to find a place. They're trying to find a purpose. 
So they decided to take the far left agenda, progressive left agenda, because they no longer hold knowledge. They have to hold something because knowledge is now found on your computer, your laptop, your smartphone. What used to take me all day on a Saturday to research at the Cal State University Northridge Library when I was in high school, because our high school library was crummy. Our, our local public city public library was crummy. So my mom would drive me in high school over to, in junior high, to the uh, uh, library at Cal State Northridge called the Oviatt Library. Some of you know it. And I would sit there all day on a Saturday with those little Dewey Decimal System cards. Remember those things? You walk around, you go upstairs, da, 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 find, the, find the book, come back, lay it down, get six or eight of these books, go through it and go, oh, I didn't even get the right ones. You have to go back. Today, my kids don't even have to leave their seat. And in, in less than uh, a time, uh, the time that it took me for, to get up from my chair and to even go find the, the card uh, uh, compartment, right, where all they, they kept all the cards, no, they had the answer. Google, 1.9 seconds it took to get 4 billion results, whatever, right? So the university system no longer holds knowledge. You can go online, you can look at a television and, or, or a computer and actually have a class, sometimes an interactive class. So when you see me write articles, I get more feedback, not positive, mostly, more feedback from people when I say, you are crazy if you are going to borrow money to send your children to college. If you have money and you want to spend it, I don't care what you spend your own money on. It's up to you. It's freedom, right? Spend it on whatever you want. But if you're going to borrow money to send your children to a university, that is absolutely insane. You go, what? I want to be a doctor. Fine, be a doctor. How's that working out for you in the United States? The second, actually the number one, the number one occupation that files bankruptcy physicians. Now, they're not dummies. They just have no clue to run a business, generally speaking. Right? They, they, they're physicians. They're brilliant. I want them to help me. But statistically speaking, they're at the top of the food chain when it comes to making mistakes in business and filing bankruptcy. Not in income. They make lots of money, some of them. But $500,000, $300,000 in student loan money in a socialized system? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the future. So be careful. Because if you are laddering your income and you are going to say, and now I'm going to have income for the next five years and it's going to come from my savings, it's going to come from my pension, it's going to come from me working part-time. Some of you can work something called per diem, right? If you're a nurse, lots of nurses as clients. And you work part-time and you work on a per diem system. That's wonderful. Two days a week, one day a week. Why are we doing that? To let the other accounts simmer, to let them continue to grow, to build uh, assets, to build yourself a chance to not touch your Social Security for as long as possible. 62, 3, 4, 5, if you can. Now, if you're a widow, you're allowed to touch Social Security at age 60. So keep that in mind. But for most of you, if you can delay it a little bit, fine. Now, I don't know how, how much Social Security is going to be there for my generation. Right? I'm 50, so I don't know. And will it be there? Maybe. Maybe not. But if you're in your 60s, late 50s or 60s, chances are pretty good you're going to get something. They probably will never give you another pay raise. There's just no money. They, gotta, they have to absorb all of this craziness before they can give a pay raise. So I don't expect a pay raise of any significance. Now, it's the only way that they transfer money from Social Security to Medicare is they give you a pay raise, then they raise Medicare. You've seen it. Pay raise, Medicare, shoot it over off to the side. So don't expect a pay raise of any real significance moving forward. If it happens, great, but don't expect it. So I think this is going to change. I think what you're going to see moving forward is the responsibility for retirement landing on you, getting that next phase of income. If you use something like a fixed indexed annuity that averages, oh, I don't know, four, five, six percent. Now you might say, Eric, that's not very much. Hey, listen, when you don't have to lose, that's not bad. When you don't have to pay a fee, that's not bad. When you don't have to, to make up losses, a lot of people will say, Eric, you know, my account has averaged 11%. I say, great. 
How much did it make when you lost money? They said, well, that's the total average. Great. Let's put in the same dollar figure back then as in one of the accounts that we work with, because you can do that, right? Go backward, look historically, and the same dollar figure in whatever account you're talking about, and see what happens as you see the losses. And in fact, maybe you do have more money in your savings account. Just maybe. Maybe the dollar figure is higher. Sorry, in your investment account. Maybe it's higher. But how do you think you slept those weeks and months? How do you think you, your relationships were when you were stressed out? If you want peace of mind, then I think safer investments, safer retirement accounts are a better way to go. Some people are choosing bonds. The problem was Franklin Templeton, California insured tax-free bond. Great. Until it invested in Puerto Rico. AAA rated government bonds and corporate bonds. Great. Until the Obama administration illegally, illegally went in and said, poof, gone. General Motors, all of you bondholders are wiped out. He, he wasn't allowed to do that. You understand? But if nobody stands up, it's like a dictator. Right? Go down to Venezuela. Sorry, the Constitution says you can't do that. Goes, well, so what are you going to do about it, buddy? Like a gangster, right? Like a, like a thug. What are you going to do about it? Venezuela says tough. So what did our, our former president do? Eh, we're wiping out all of you bondholders. So your retirement account that sat in a, in a bond fund was wiped clean if you had General Motors bonds. And we're starting over. Like, uh... What, what 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 do you mean we're starting over? This is my retirement. Yeah, I know, but you know, listen, it's better for it's better for the collective. It's better for us all. It's better for the people. Well, okay. Poof, money's gone. So just like you can lose money in the stock market, you can lose money in the bond market. They both have fees. Sometimes the fees eat up the gains, sometimes they eat up all the gains. So when you're laddering your income, I want you to have income start at different phases and intervals in your life. And you can even delay it. So let's say you have one that's going to start in five years, but you're thinking, or you're like, hey, listen, we didn't spend as much money as we thought. Uh, we worked part-time. We sold our rental property. We sold our primary residence. We just didn't go through as much money as we thought we were going to. Then you just wait. Delay everything six months or a month, eight months, a year. You can do that. You just keep delaying it, keep delaying it until you turn on the the faucet and say, now start to send me money from that account. You want to work with your, your tax preparer, your accountant, and say, what is my tax bracket? How much can I take out to stay below the next bracket? Things have changed. We'll know in about, eh, in about a month or so what the tax brackets are moving forward for 2018. You should have those pretty well laid out. You can go online and kind of hunt and peck and figure it out. It's not that difficult. But don't think that you're going to count on the government or your company pension. Because the airlines have done it. Aerospace companies have done it where they stop giving you pension increases or they cancel them altogether and they just freeze them. Sorry, whatever you have in the account is it. That's it. It's done. No more. CalPERS itself, if you don't understand CalPERS pension, understand one thing about it. Chances are pretty good that your city or county or state, wherever or the entity, the school district, whatever, wherever you're getting your uh, pension from, is going to have to give a greater amount of money. Now, the city of Los Angeles will soon be, in the next few years, more money that it spends in pension servicing for pension and health care, just for the city of L.A., than it is paying for the police and fire department. The, the ones that are still working. Now, you might say, Arif, I thought you're a retired policeman. Yep. Yep. Our goal is to donate the, the pension. That's kind of what we do most of the time, if we can. But understand this. Payments to CalPERS, if you're Santa Ana, 45%. <clears throat> Santa Ana. Oh, here, I like this one. How about the city of San Bernardino? It's only 38 that means that's the payments to CalPERS. What is expected in 2024, 2025? The payments for the budget to CalPERS, two-thirds of every dollar that Montclair, Almonte, Rialto, Compton, 
Westminster, El Cajon, 72% of West Covina of their budget has to go to pay CalPERS. That means the, uh, the, do, I told you 21 years ago, and I told financial professionals, in fact, I could tell you, folks, I used to teach financial guys this, and I remember saying, California PERS is $6 billion underfunded. And we would all go, oh, $6 billion, how are we going to do it? What is it today? About $200 billion. Some will say in the next five years we should get up well over, eh, well over $400 billion. Now, what does that mean? It has to break. I don't know if it's going to break today, tomorrow, next year. It has to. There is no money. I don't care what your union contract says. I don't care what the union president says. I don't care what booklet they sent out to you or newsletter. I get one of those. I don't, it doesn't matter. One plus one is two. Whether you feel like it's six or you want it to be 10, one plus one is two. Your CalPERS pension has to change. So you have to prepare for it by income laddering, by expecting to happen, by taking some of your retirement money, putting it in predictable places that get reasonable rates of return where we don't have risk, we don't have losses, who cares what happens to the economy. And you can get reasonable gains when the market's up and you never lose when the market goes back. At any time you want to turn on an income stream, you can. The longer you wait, the higher the money. Simple, simple math. This is kind of fun. No, it's not. It's a little scary. Let's see if anybody is reasonable. Let's see if anybody did reasonable. How about somebody like Santa Fe Springs? They're okay. Only 37%. Right? 37%. That's a tough go. What will it be? Emory, uh, Santa Fe Springs? Uh, 77%. That's what the total is going to be. Now, if the stock market continues to grow, that's where your pension is. I love it when my friends in the union will run around and say, bad corporations, evil this, protecting yourself. And folks, what do you think your pension is put? They don't just lock it in a drawer. Your CalPERS pension owns massive amounts of real estate. It owns big time oil wells. You're receiving your pension simply because they own stocks in the various Fortune 500 and, and other companies. So your pension is in the exact same corporations that you are beating up and standing on the corner with the sign. You're taking money from your own brother's pockets and sister's pockets. Listen, you can protest when they're crooks or when they're doing things bad. I don't care about that. But understand that you're, you're benefiting on the other side of the equation, right? So it, it's not in a vacuum. So we are very happy that the market is up. I love it that the market is up. Each of these folks are going to have to, each of these cities are going to have to raise taxes. Now imagine you work in that city and you're somebody that's sitting there and you say, hey, listen, I am a work, I'm a single mom. I'm a school teacher, 36 years old. I have two kids. Uh, the lady that trained me many years ago, right? The, the teacher that kind of helped, they, they, they partner you up. She's now retired. And because the pension is collapsing, as a single mom, they're going to have to take more money out of your paycheck, 15%, probably 18. That means about one out of every $6 they're going to have to take out of your paycheck just to go fund it so that the lady who retired many years earlier can be in Fiji, can travel the world, can be on that all-expensive cruise so that she and her husband can have a wonderful type of retirement. And what retirement is that? It's one where you are not going to be a part of simply because, simply because you have to work to pay for her retirement. I think there's going to be two tiers. Do you understand? Two tiers of people. And the folks that live in that city will vote. You don't have to live in that city. You can't. So the ones that are in the city vote to give you money or not. Whether you live there, you're getting a pension from there. You live, you get it? It's a messed up system. So you have to protect yourself. The right type of annuity for long-term income protection, no matter what happens, whether it's the coming collapse of the market that experts are running around talking about, 
or whether it's the coming collapse of the pension system or, or Social Security. I don't know. Who knows? But let's protect you and your family. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric Halaby. You can always reach us at 888-997-3847. That's 888-99-RETIRE. And give us a call, folks, because the Total Financial Hour is here every week at this time. And you can go online and watch some of the old shows. Uh, join us on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. Total Financial Solutions. We have our own page. You can see some of our, our shows. We do them on different networks. We probably have, I don't know, 3,000 shows, 2,600 shows, something like that that I've done over the last uh, 16 years of radio. Thanks for joining us. Love to have you here every week at this time. You're listening to AM870, The Answer. I'm Arif Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on Your Answer. The Total Financial Hour, featuring Arif Hallaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Hallaby has your answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.